This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Well, today is going to be a tough day. I'm uh, trying my best to have a little fun with you right now because I don't know how many more jokes there's coming today because the topic is pretty heavy and it's almost like the addiction topic. You're going to think this message is for that person over there or that person over there when in reality, I believe this message is for every single one of us and you just didn't know that you qualified for it. And today is help. I'm angry. I'm angry. 60% of all murders happen out of a response to an earlier moment of anger. An earlier moment of anger at home, at the workplace, in traffic. Later, that pinned up anger explodes and 60% of all murders happen based on an earlier seed of anger sown into, into a heart. We know this much, that around 4 million women will be abused this year of 2017 at the hands of an angry male. We know that almost 10 million of our children will be abused this year by the hands of an angry mom or an angry dad or an angry overseer, a guardian. Psychology today calls us, calls our culture, our present 2017 society, the age of rage. Because almost Every single person, according to Psychology Today, has a measure of pinned up anger. And that anger has been accumulating from childhood, from teenage years, from previous marriages, from previous moments of being let go, from your favorite job you ever had, or bankruptcies, or or breaking of trust, and and, and deaths of parents and deaths of children and, and, and you name it, there's that seed of anger that's been growing and growing and growing to the point where most people, people sitting on the pew with you and even you, there's a measure of pinned up anger and we're living in the age of rage. Most people deal with anger by one of these two ways. And you can identify yourself with this and you can identify those that are close to you with these two things more than likely. One way that most people respond to this anger issue is they are spewers. In other words, it's, it's, they have to have their way. It's, it's all about them and a spewer of anger is if I were to take a soda bottle and uh, we'll, we'll just think of something that's really destructive like a cherry or a strawberry soda. And man, if we were to shake it up, shake it up, shake it up, shake it up, you that have nice carpet, you would be panicking if I were to pop the top to that red colored soda and it just spew 
shoes everywhere. And then you have to spend the next day cleaning and and wiping and, and then going back once and twice and three times trying to fix what happened when the top blew off. Well, a lot of people deal with anger this very way. They're spewers. And when they blow, it affects their marriage. It affects their children. It affects strangers. It affects their workplace. It affects their church relationship. It affects their health. It affects their mind. When it goes, I'm telling you, you spend days trying to repair the results and the, and the effects of the spewer. But what if we don't pop the top of that soda? What if it just shakes up, shakes up, shakes up, shakes up, and there's no release valve? That person is a stewer. In other words, it's, it's about other people now. The spewer, it's got to be... Uh, it, 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 it's, it's, there's got to be a release to make them feel better. The steward, how they handle it, is peace at any cost. They will hold it in and say, you win. They'll hold it in and say, you win. And they'll let you have your way. But down deep, they are just so full of rage and Somehow, either the way they were brought up by the parents or their, or their DNA, something about them keeps it in. And there's good and bad on both of these. The spewer, oh, it's awful because it affects so many people. But, but then the cleanup starts and hopefully that spewer can move on from it. The stewer, there's not that much to clean up but yet it lasts for a long time. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 22 says, an angry man stirs up dissension and a hot-tempered commits many sins. This anger thing, guys, listen to me. This anger thing is no joke because it it, it opens the door to a whole bunch of problems. And, and you may be a stay-at-home mom. You might be a CPA. You may be a doctor. You may, you, you may, be a, uh, you may have a, a business that you own. No one's immune from this anger thing. You might have the biggest, most beautiful smile in the building today. But what's going on on the inside? Because what happens is this, this, when this anger thing is undealt with, when it's, when it's not uprooted and cast out of your life by the work of the Holy Spirit, a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Proverbs 14 and 17 says, a quick-tempered man does foolish things. Are there any road rage types in the room? And the wives nudge their husbands right now. We men are so foolish on the road. And I know, I know, I know, I know. It's not you. I get it. You're calm, cool, and collected. No, you're not. You just don't spew like some of us. 
I was laughing with a friend of mine the other day about this very thing and Denora just threw me under the bus because I, I don't know if it's so much road rage. Other, it, 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 I think it comes from competition. And if I see an opening, I want the opening. If I see an opportunity to pass, I want to pass. And then when somebody gets there before me, I have a tendency to try to crawl over their vehicle in my truck. <laughs> and then once I'm over it, I just stop dead still in I-30 doing 70. Just stop, lock up the whole interstate just to make my point. It's a problem. And it's not just me. It's for the, all the spewers and all the stewers in the room. We do foolish things out of anger. Disciplining children when you're angry. It's foolish. Because it can cross the line that you never intended to cross. You're a good man. You're a wonderful mother. But when the top goes off... And that little one's the only thing you can get a hold of. The next thing that happens starts snowballing. And when the boss at your job corrects you and you haven't had your coffee and you were already rushed down the interstate, so you're already stewing a little bit and, and the kids were late for school and then all together just walked into the office and your boss corrects you, Angry people do foolish things like walk away from a good job and then walk back home and tell them that you quit. And then you and your wife are upset and then the children pick up on it. And then the next thing you know, we're three months without work and you never went through financial peace. So you have nothing in reserve and you've just been spending and you're an addict. You've been spending and now six months come and the economy's turned and the next thing you know, you trace it all the way back. It was an anger issue. James chapter number four, verses one and two. We're gonna really find out who's to blame with this anger thing because most of us, when we're angry, it's that sorry rascal that cut me off on the interstate. It's that awful co-worker that he got the raise and I didn't or it's those crazy unruly kids that keep opening up the cherry soda and spilling it every week it's always someone else but James chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 tells us something different what causes fights and quarrels among you what causes fights and quarrels among you don't they come from your desires that battle within you someone say it's on the inside the The fights the quarreling doesn't it come from the desires that battle within you you (laughs) you want something but you don't get it I'm going to say it again because all of us adults aren't used to hearing that at an adult level. We're used to telling our children that. 
But guess what, 40-year-old? Guess what, 80-year-old? Guess what, 25-year-old and everybody in between? There's a struggle on the inside when you don't get what you want. When you don't get that spot in the parking lot, when you don't get the raise, when you don't get your hot meal that you thought when you said, I'd do it, your wedding altar, that meant she would cook a hot meal every single day, no matter what. <laughs> I came home and this house is not clean. Scripture tells us that it's a battle from within you. What we want to do is we want to have a New Year's resolutions where we change things on the outside. We want to change some things. We want to we have external change expecting an internal change, and you can't change the outside. You can't get them kids so behaved that you'll never get angry. You can't get that house so clean that you'll never get angry. There's something going on in the inside of you that is the problem. It goes on to say, you want something, but you don't get it. Strong words coming. Everybody listen. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight, but you do not have because you do not ask God. Anger has absolutely nothing to do with the other person. It has everything to do with you. And we don't like that. Because that sorry rat is the one that made me mad. (laughs) Pastor Tommy, cute sermon. Not applicable in my situation. It's his fault. He left me here with these kids. It's her fault she cheated in this marriage. It's their fault they laid off all 2,000 of us at once. It's, it's the president's fault. It's the governor's fault. It's the mayor's fault. It's the pastor's fault. It's everybody else's fault. And the word of God says, you're wrong. Your anger is a struggle within you because of you not getting what you want. It didn't go the way you wanted it to go. Life didn't roll out the way you envisioned it to roll out. You, had, you made other plans and life took you down a different path. And you've got an anger issue. You're either spewing and causing all kind of havoc or you're either stewing and nobody wants to be with you. But long story short, none of us had anything to do with it. It's on you. We want to change our circumstances and God wants to change us. If I could just get that new car, if I could just, if I could just get that raise, if I could, if, if, honey, why don't we have another kid? Maybe that one will turn out obedient. (laughs) If I could just, maybe I'm going to try my hand at marriage for the fourth time. It's God to work this time. I got to find me a winner on this fourth one. 
I'm going to go change banks. I'll probably make more money in the interest rate over there, that little savings account. I'm going to change jobs. This job is sorry. Everybody's, man, I just, I tell you this. It's got to, it, it ain't me. It ain't me. It's them. No, it's none of us. It's you. And in my life, it's none of you. It's me. Every single fight that you've ever had in your life, 100% of every argument, 100% of every quarrel, 100% of every disagreement, do you know what the common denominator is? You were involved. You got in that fist fight with Richard? You got in that road rage with the stranger? You were involved. All the other characters, they change like the sun going up and the sun going down. Every job you got upset at, you were involved. Every marriage that didn't work out, you were involved. Every relationship that went down the drains and y'all don't hang out anymore, y'all don't travel together anymore, y'all don't eat out together anymore, y'all don't have fun together anymore, you were involved. Wake up, everybody. Finger right here. And the quicker you own this, the quicker you'll get delivered from it. But if you absolutely are determined to go through the rest of your life thinking that all of your bad problems have to do with anybody else, get ready for the rest of your life being one big bad problem. But the quicker that you get to the inside problem, the inner man, the quicker you deal with this man the quicker that all of this will come to seem work itself out. But here's our problem. We're trying to change everybody else and everything else, but we never want to change us. What's the old saying? You point your finger, but you got three pointing back. What's the old scripture? Man, before you worry about that splinter in your friend's eye, worry about that beam in your eye. Dude, could you imagine doing life with a beam in your eye? That's what we're doing with anger. Lean over real quietly. Whisper. That's good preaching. The reason I want you to whisper is we don't want everybody else to know it was you that I'm preaching to. All right. Matthew 16, time is critical. Check it out, Matthew 16. Let me tell you how to overcome this problem. I don't wanna just expose the issue here without giving you a, 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 a remedy. It comes from the holy word of the Lord. We're gonna get delivered from the inside out and I'm gonna show you how. All the stewers, all the spewers, all those that have issues that, that, that you're trying to change, if you trace it back, it was probably out of your anger that you created the issue. So instead of trying to put the Band-Aid on all these other issues, why don't we just have surgery once and be done with it and let's get this thing called anger out of our hearts. 
Matthew 16, verses 21 through 25. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day, be raised, uh, must be killed, and on the third day, sorry, be raised to life. Catch this, everybody. Jesus has a huddle. He gets his guys together and says, here's the deal. This has been fun, but I want you to know that, that the next phase of our relationship is going to be kind of challenging. I'm going to have to go, and I'm going to have to die. I'm about to be the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. I'm about to give my perfect sinless life for freedom, for eternity, for all mankind that will believe and have faith in my gift of grace. This is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. You need to know this is what's about to happen. And instantly, you and I show up, also known as Peter. Peter takes him to the side and begins to rebuke Jesus. No, that's not going to happen. No, no, I didn't sign up for this. This ain't how it's going to happen. I, you, I know you're Jesus Christo. I get it. You're Jesus. But I'm Peter. I'm the guy with some keys, heaven and earth. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that you're going to build this whole thing on with my revelation. This ain't going to happen like this. I know what I want to happen, and that's what's going to happen. And Jesus is like, oh, you man of flesh. He says, never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Check this out. Listen to these next words in the NIV. You are a stumbling block to me. Why? You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. What's going on in your heart is not the work of God. It's the work of flesh. You're responding to not getting what you want the way that all humanity responds, and that is you pout, you sulk, you explode, you take it out on everybody else. Peter, you're probably going to go down in history as the greatest example for Calvary Church at the 9 o'clock service on the 8th of January to see ourselves in the mirror. That's what we do when we don't get what we want. We say, not going to happen. This ain't going to go down this way. This is what I intended this marriage to be like. This is what I thought this job would be. You're my children, and I already have an idea what you're going to turn out to be. And the Lord says, you don't have the things of God in your heart. And what's coming out of your mouth are the things of men. But check this out. He, the Bible says he then said to his disciples, he then, he's not isolating just Peter now. He's talking to the church. He tells all of us, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. 
Let me give you three things real quick before we, before we pray over you. The entire sermon's built up to these three things. If you want to settle from the inside out this anger problem once and for all, it starts with this. Number one, you have to crucify self. Galatians will be our textbook for the next few minutes. Galatians chapter number two says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you remember the prayer of even Jesus Christ himself in the garden of Gethsemane? Not my will, but thine will be done. I know what my will is, and that's a right hook right across the nose. I know what my will is. I'll backstab you and get you back. I know what my will is. It's what I want to do. But that's not the will of God. You're, you're responding from your heart's reservoir of the things of men. You're not responding from the reservoir of God and his word and his spirit and his love. You've heard it a thousand times. This is just another way of packaging what you've already heard. You can't control what happens to you, but you have full control of how you respond. You got to crucify self. First Corinthians 15 and verse 31, Paul tells us, he says, I die daily. Now, let me help some of you this morning. Check this out. We're in our 21 days of prayer and that looks different to everybody, how you, how you, how you have your schedule set up. But I promise you this much, every single one of us in this room should do this every single day and it's not questioning our salvation. Our salvation is secure in Jesus. We're secure in Jesus. So when we repent daily, we're not repenting to get back in good standing with God and our salvation, but we're repenting daily to keep this flesh submitted. Yes. Now, a lot of people, they're on one of the, yeah. one of the two ex extremes. They think they have to repent every single day because when they wake up, they're terrified they're going to hell. So they live in fear. And the only thing they know what to do is what grandma always told them to do. And you better repent for that. You better ask forgiveness for that. Well, I think you need deliverance from that type of fear. But then the other extreme is, well, I repented when I was eight. I'm not worried about anything the rest of my life. That's a danger zone because now you can frustrate the grace of God by allowing your flesh to get so out of control by the things of men being manifest in your heart so much that you just forget about the Lord. I think there's a sweet spot right in the middle that doesn't question my salvation because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's settled once and for all. But at the same time, I have to take priority every day and remind myself you have to die to your ways today. When you want to rear back and punch him, you can't do that. When you want to cuss him, you can't do that. When you want to walk out, you can't do that. When you want to quit, you can't do that. When you want to run, you can't do that. Amen. You belong to Jesus. 
Now get the things of men out of your heart and start responding by the things of God. I don't want to do <laughs> Roller coaster, man. You just can't afford to stew over it and you can't afford to spew over it. So if we're not going to spew over it, not going to stew over it, we're going to have to take the, take the offensive route and going to have to get ahead of this problem. And number one, we're going to crucify self. Number two, we're going to have to crucify our flesh. Our flesh. Galatians 5 and verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Colossians 3 and 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. What is this talking about? Our earthly nature wants to do whatever feels good. If it feels good to look at that, we'll look at it. It's the lust of the eye. If it feels good to experience that, it's the work of the flesh, the lust of the flesh. And if it feels good to have that, it's the pride of life. You're going to have to crucify yourself but you're going to also have to crucify every day the flesh, these desires, these passions, this, this, this appetite to please myself, this appetite to, to make sure that it's all about me. This is where greed comes from. This is where, uh, this is where uh, 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 lust breeds from. And you may not know it, but I'm hoping you're opening your eyes to this. This is where anger comes from. Because there's not a better feeling to the flesh than to get someone back. And you come out on top. And then, last but not least, we have to crucify the world, culture, the things of this life. Galatians 6 again, verse 14, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And then something that I grew up hearing preached and I feel like preaching it this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you will be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. You're going to have to crucify self crucify your flesh and its passions and desires and you're going to have to you're going to have to come out of the world's way and the world's way of doing things is being the age of rage
but there's a better way. And that's allowing the precious death of Jesus Jesus Christ on the cross to settle this once and for all in your life. I know I'm being a little extreme when I make these next points, but it's not extreme. Your spouse shouldn't be afraid of you. Your children shouldn't be afraid of you. Your friends shouldn't be afraid of you. Your coworkers shouldn't be afraid of you. And, and when I say afraid, it, it, it's it, it, even afraid of how you're going to respond. God's will for your life is for you to be a pleasant, happy, healthy person to be around and to do life with. Angry people become lonely people. Because we as people have a, we have a capacity. But we have a limit of how much we can handle when it involves doing life with an angry person. Is this making sense to you today? Pastor Tommy, why do this at the beginning of the year? Because I don't want you to have another year full of this. Let's settle it now and move into a 2017 that's full of freedom and deliverance and health and happiness and joy of the Lord. Let's deal with it now. Before I pray over you, back to Matthew 16. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life must lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. I close with this before we pray. To find life, you have to lose it. You have to walk away from something to gain everything. Having Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life will be the easiest thing you've ever done in your world, ever. It's the easiest thing ever, but it will cost you everything. Having the Lord Jesus in your heart doesn't require work. It doesn't require sweat. It doesn't require toil. It requires faith to walk away from everything to Him. And one of the things to walk away from is this hot, quick temper that produces foolish things, silly problems, other issues. And in the end, you'll be the winner because then you don't have to spend all your money and all your time trying to fix all the stuff that you caused. Let's 
Let's be healthy this year. And may it come from the ministry of the Holy Spirit from the inside out. Stand with me. I'm going to I'm going to pray over you right now. In this sensitive subject matter, I know that there's some of you that man, it's like I'm reading your mail today. And the cool thing is, it's not me reading it. The Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit is reading your heart and it's placing its finger on your heart. So whether you're the loud, outspoken, big mouth bully or whether if you're just the quiet stewer that hasn't let it go through years of anger and you hide behind your smile you hide behind your kindness. You hide behind your sweet little heart. But down deep, there's anger there. Be free today. Dig that nasty root up and let Jesus' blood heal that empty place. I want you to bow your heads. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray now, God, that you will do what I cannot do. I've spoken for you and your word, but Father, healing doesn't come through a preacher. Healing comes through the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And I'm praying in the name of the Lord for every man, woman, and younger adult and student that's possibly in this first service. May they let things go and may they be free from anger that will evolve into being free from all type of foolish, silly problems. I pray over every marriage while they share a bed, they're angry with one another. I pray for every family while they eat together, possibly even travel together, they're angry with each other. I pray for every employer and every employee May anger be cast out of their hearts. I pray in a very tender, sensitive moment for every person that's been angry with religion. And I pray for those that have been angry with you. They've never stopped coming to church, but yet they're angry with you, God. It seems as the devil has lied to them and they feel you weren't there when they needed you the most. I pray in the name of the Lord that they let that anger go and that they be healed from the inside out. Clean them. Purify them. Restore them. Make them yet again another. In Jesus' name, be healed and free. Amen and amen. Can we clap our hands to the Lord this morning?
It's my prayer over you before you're dismissed. Get a hold of that prayer journal. I know we've gone seven days and some of you are getting a little, you're, you're, you're kind of feeling it and you're starting to want to skip a day of prayer. Maybe you've been fasting for seven days and you're just dying to get back on social media or you're, you're, you're really hungry. For some of you, you've been fasting foods and uh, I've heard great stories and great testimonies. Uh, one individual, one of our young adults told me that they cut out all sugars and, 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 and tried to get off things that they did on a daily routine, drinking these sodas three, four, five times a day. And, and here's the thing, we don't fast for nutritional value, but there is a benefit. God's plan for you is to be healthy. And if, it, if it's a spiritual approach to fasting from foods or fasting from media, fasting from the things of the world, you're going to see benefits in other areas of your life. So with that said, let's keep pushing. I'm, I'm just wanting to rally the troops a little bit. Let's keep at it. Keep praying. Keep fasting. And in these 21 days, we're believing that something special is going to happen in your heart and you're going to be set free from some things like addiction and like anger. And then I want to share with you, I don't, I don't know if I've ever done this, I want to share with you what I'll be preaching about next Sunday. Next Sunday is going to be another difficult topic, but it's something that's extremely current and it's, and it's extremely, uh, it's, it's, it's in, in social media world, you would say it's, it's trending, it's, it's a hot topic, and it's in every single family, every family. And uh, next Sunday, I'll be talking about depression and the struggle with the mind. And I pray in Jesus' name that you'll come, bring someone with you, and may the Holy Spirit do a work in us from the inside out. Amen, everybody? I love you. Let's have a great year together. God bless you. You're dismissed.